When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No one, not a solitary soul on South Water Street, has even come close to hinting as to who might be the favorite to start at quarterback this fall. But there's no way they don't have at least a concept internally. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll take the time to check out. It'll be Mitch Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett. Let's start there. Mason Rudolph's not going to work his way into this dialogue uh, unless either Trubisky or Pickett were to get hurt or otherwise be unavailable. Even if they wanted to make this a three-man competition, as I was discussing back before the draft and back before the Dwayne Haskins tragedy, they weren't going to have enough snaps. They're not going to have enough reps and certainly not enough fair context to those reps, given the fact that you know somebody gets to go with the first teamers and somebody else with the second teamers and someone else with the scout team. Uh, it's not going to be a training camp that'll be aligned any differently than any other. So Trubisky versus Pickett brings with it uh, all kinds of intrigue that's different than most quarterback competitions. And I understand that in Pittsburgh, we haven't had one of those of any variety in nearly two full decades. But generally speaking, as you look around the league, you'll see you know, a couple of ordinary guys on a team that either hasn't had a high draft pick invested in a QB or didn't have the cap space or just doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Okay, those are the kind of quarterback competitions that you see for the most part. This one, though, this one, Mitch is really the wild card here. Okay, Trubisky isn't your conventional veteran, and Pickett isn't your conventional rookie. And the reason that I say Mitch is the wild card out of the two is that he's the more unusual in the sense that even though he has five seasons in the NFL, four of them as a starter, one of them making it into the Pro Bowl, 
He's still only 27 years old, and he was stuck in Chicago, the graveyard for quarterbacks, under a terrible coach and coaching staff. And because he was the number two overall pick in the draft, and not exactly a reach by the Bears, if you'll remember the discussions in advance of that draft, then you'd have to think to yourself that Trubisky would still have a higher ceiling than Pickett, who, while Kenny was a consensus first rounder, but as we saw, this was not a quarterback class in general that generated any respect from the rest of the league. So if Mitch is more experienced, more talented, meaning like, again, in terms of pedigree, and more capable of stepping into a stadium on Sundays, to use the Mike Tomlin vernacular, then why wouldn't Mitch be the frontrunner to start when you can much more easily, in addition to everything else, just say to Pickett, hey, dude, you just showed up. It's cool. You'll have your time. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. This is where I am with this. See, at some point... In the 2021 season, Tomlin had said to Jay Glazer, his friend in the media, and maybe his only friend in the media, that he would never feel comfortable entering an NFL season with a pure rookie at quarterback. And I kind of believe that, you know, I kind of see that even as much as the Steelers would know and do know about Pickett, they'd also know that everything he'd be doing, he'd be doing for the first time at that level. Another thing that I know about this head coach is that he has, in his own inimitable way, close to zero respect for the conditioning programs that take place in college football. Don't laugh at this. Don't laugh at this. I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying that this is not just his stance, but a lot of people in the NFL. I have heard Tomlin say, there's college shape and then there's NFL shape. And when they bring someone in, by the time they have them, even through you know rookie camp, OTAs, mini camp, training camp, the whole thing, Your focus is on learning systems. Your focus is on uh, getting to know know, your teammates. It's not a time where you can say, hey, we're going to completely change everything that you do about how you get yourself in shape, about what you eat and everything else. That takes time. Everyone who's been through those doors on the South Side will attest to that. That takes time. It's not a snap of a finger thing. And you'll see and hear from these players, both in their actions and in their words, that the year two version of them is different in the NFL than the rookie year. Now, quarterbacks are a little different. You're not asking them to 
you know, get all jacked up the way an inside linebacker does. But there is something to be said for that. And there's something to be said for the fact that Pickett's never played a season that's as long as 17 games. And that he's never been in an NFL stadium like Baltimore or like Cleveland or like Cincinnati and faced what he's going to face in there. You see where I'm going here? I feel like in the moment the Steelers were legitimately, genuinely, and rightly excited to get Pickett. And from the time they got him, and from the time that Tomlin went to that other room and made that phone call to Pickett and was, you can see it in the video that the team put out, he's really, really stoked. They really were surprised he fell to them. But at some point in the additional steps that he made from there to come to the media room where we were, he and Kevin Colbert had to have had at least a brief exchange as to what they were going to say about his starting status. And the safest, smartest thing they could have possibly said, and they've said it repeatedly since then, is that he'll absolutely, certainly was the word that Tomlin actually used to be specific, certainly be in the competition. Okay, he can compete. He can push Mitch Trubisky. He can push Mason Rudolph out of the picture and likely will, meaning entirely. But to think that he'll start right away, man, I'm going to need to see something. I'm not ruling it out either, okay? But I'm going to need to see something, and I'm going to need to see something that's pretty stark and definitive once they all take the fields. When we come back, just one question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. It's time for... Just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated Super Lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The Super Lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Steve who asks, last year the Bengals made the Super Bowl with a good quarterback, talented young wide receivers, a solid running back, and an underrated defense. Doesn't that sound an awful lot like what the Steelers are building for 2022? Uh, with all due respect, Steve, and, and I, I mean this because I always appreciate optimism and the power of positive thinking and everything else here, these things are not comparable, uh, at least not yet. 
when you're looking at the Cincinnati picture, you're looking at Joe Burrow, who is universally acclaimed as the class of his draft, and he's proven to be exactly that, and he's shown it. To his credit, especially in bouncing back from that wicked knee injury. Talented young wide receivers. I mean, George Pickens looks like he could have a future in the NFL, but you're going to take the group of, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and the veteran Tyler Boyd and put them against, you know, this group with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, uh, each in his own way, underachieving a little bit. I know it always sounds like I'm too rough on Deontay. I'm just tired of these late season fades. You know, Deontay's a better player than Claypool is. Claypool should be a better player than Deontay is. So the two of them between one or the other is, is, is pretty maddening. And I definitely wouldn't put them in a class with what Cincinnati's got. Solid running back. Now we're talking because Joe Mixon's getting a little bit into the older end of his career. He's been around a while. He's also a really, really, really good football player. Najee Harris can realistically be expected to be as good or better than Mixon in his second NFL season. And then we get to the defense, which last year, definitely that nod would have gone to Cincinnati in large part because the Steelers' defensive line was wrecked by the injury slash absence of Tyson Alulu and Stefan Tuitt up front, and then just the horrific play at inside linebacker through the year. If the Steelers do, as I expect they will, address those things emphatically, meaning Steph comes back, we already know Alulu's coming back, and they get the play that they expect out of Miles Jack and the improvement, the recovery that they expect out of Devin Bush, you're going to see the defense be very good and not underrated. You're going to see people know who they are. This is the defense that's got the DPOY on it now, officially, not just in our heads. TJ Watt is the best defensive player in the game. So if you take all those things and add them up and mix them up and whatever else you got here, you're still going to give the advantage to the Bengals because it's an offense first, pass first league. And the Bengals are going to be a better passing team than Pittsburgh will, period. Uh, there's there's not really, <laughs> outside of uh, injuries on the Cincinnati side, there's not really anything that you could foresee changing that. But if your broader point is to suggest that the Bengals aren't you know, miles above the rest of the division, I'm way with you on that. This anointing that seems to be going on with Cincinnati is happening with a seeming ignorance of what the AFC North is. All the Bengals did last year was to get into the club. They can now partake in divisional races with the Steelers and the Ravens, who have been the only two members of that club for 20 years now. The Browns still aren't a member, by the way, and I'm not expecting that they will be this fall either. I don't think they'll be terrible, but I don't think they'll be a member. The Bengals, by virtue of making it to the Super Bowl, even though their rise feels kind of sudden, they're, they're a member. 
they're a member. And because of that, they're going to be seen, and fairly so, as the team to beat, including for the Steelers and Ravens. But it's the AFC North, and I don't want to start spouting like football coach-style cliches at you, but I've been covering the AFC North for a long, long time. And the Bengals' games are now about to get only harder within the division. And the Bengals won't be sweeping anyone in the division. Mark that one down, including the Steelers, even though they just did it. The Bengals will not be sweeping anyone in this division unless they do it to Cleveland. Without getting into too much Cincinnati talk here, because the show's not about them, they've had some significant losses this offseason. I really believe that. C.J. Ozoma was a big, big part of that offense at tight end, a big target for Burrow. They've had some losses on the defensive side as well. We'll see. We'll see. Don't be anointing the Bengals. That's all I have to say on this particular subject. I appreciate the question, Steve. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers all week long and all the time. And we will do another one of these on Monday.